demanding much. I mean, their their expectations are so low that anything he does, they'll put him, they'll you know, put a statue of him outside of the barnyard or whatever their stadium is called. Isn't that what Williams it is? Arena? Oh, anyway, all right. Well, that's all the, all the time we have. The barnyard. What's the barnyard? Anyway, all right. That's all the time we have here on Extra Points. We thank you for listening. Tune in Tuesday through Thursday, five fifteen for daily sports report, and this Friday at seven. Also, Michigan baseball tomorrow at three. For everyone who is here, so long and go blue. Navarre gives to Perry. Perry through the middle. Touchdown, Michigan! And the Wolverines have won it in overtime. Michigan wins by a score of 27-24. And the team storms the field to mob Chris Perry. WCBN Sports. 88.3 FM Ann Arbor. WCBN.org. On to attempt it for the Wolverines. Holds her breath Ann Arbor as Navarre gets set. Places down. Kick is up. It's long enough. It's good! It's good! Michigan wins the game! Michigan shocks Washington and the Wolverines are victorious! Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And what a nice day out to, uh, out there today. I guess we can just start off with a, a quick brain damage award to the distinguished senator from Oklahoma, James Inhofe. Al Gore was uh, on Capitol Hill last week uh, talking about global warming. And James Inhofe came up with this profound comment. And, of course, what he tried to do in confronting Gore was claim that uh, Gore's uh, Nashville mansion consumes more than 20 times as much electricity as the average household. That I sort of doubt, but <laughs> who cares? Um, Gore apparently, by the way, buys uh, clean energy from some Tennessee source. Uh, I don't know how many people are living in that mansion, but uh, we won't get into that. But uh, getting back to James Inhofe and the Brain Damage Award, and he's the man who said that global warming is the greatest hoax in American history. I would suggest that maybe the Iraq War is. <laughs> so certainly higher on the list. He said, it seems to me that everything is blamed on global warming. How come you guys never seem to notice when it gets cold? <laughs> And I'm like, uh, uh, it's called winter. Um, yeah. We're supposed to have winter. I mean, and actually, that, even even that, then, sometimes winter isn't as cold as it's supposed to be. Right, or not as long. And right. uh, that's documented all over uh, the globe, Mr. Inhofe. So uh, for that profound observation, we'll give him a brain damage award. Maybe he's uh, just trying to position himself to be a writer for the uh, new Rush Limbaugh and Coulter comedy show. Yeah. Which um, seems to be a stillborn concept. Well, he could probably be a, a star on the show because uh, since Jesse Holmes retired from the Senate, he probably uh, goes down as uh, the most conservative member of the U.S. Senate at this point. If not actually the dumbest. He's definitely the dumbest. 
<laughs> and his uh, colleague Coburn is a close second. And uh, I guess sticking with other nimrods from Congress, uh, let's give uh, local congressman Tim Wahlberg a brain damage award. Um, he, last week in a radio interview, and he represents nearby uh, the district west here of Ann Arbor. He was the guy that the right wing defeated, Joe Swars. Oh, yes. In the primary, and he's uh, a tool of the religious right. And last week when he started to compare um, the situation in Iraq favorably to counties in Chicago and Detroit, um, I think he's... Uh, a little clueless. Uh, there are no IEDs going off in either Chicago or Detroit. There certainly are crime problems in some areas, but even it's a couple of hundred homicides a year in Detroit, that doesn't compare to anything that's going on in Iraq. Uh, we're losing that many soldiers every couple of months, and that doesn't even include the Iraqis. And when you begin looking at infrastructure problems with right. electricity, sewer, etc., Hospitals, schools. This man is just uh, clueless about what's going on in Iraq and uh, apparently what's going on in America. Uh, he may need uh, a walking tour of uh, the, the Midwest to actually see that uh, neither Chicago or Detroit in any way, shape, or form resemble Baghdad. He may be a little confused because Karl Rove uh, was in Jackson, Michigan uh, recently, uh, just at the end of last week. And, of course, Jackson is one of, I think, three places that uh, claims to be the birthplace of the Republican Party. Um, although, of course, the Republican Party at its inception, uh, ostensibly a anti-slavery party, is, is a far cry from its current um, existence as some sort of a bizarre uh, right-wing religious party with uh, some degree of uh, self-confusion. Karl uh, Rove, of course, the master of deception and spin. Uh, interesting uh, that he would go to Jackson, given all the uh, questions kind of swirling about whether or not he will be asked to testify in this or that scandal. Um, Jackson seems, Prison's right nearby. The Jackson Prison <laughs> is North America's largest walled prison. Maybe and he uh, did a fact, tour of it. <laughs> yeah, it is, in fact, the uh, the number one employer in Jackson County. Uh, I happen to be from Jackson, so... Uh, not that I'm necessarily proud of that, but uh, it's a good place to be from. Um, Jackson makes sense for Karl Rove because uh, people are uh, pretty willing to believe just about anything that they're told there. And uh, since he's not interested in talking about reality, he says the Republicans should go on the offensive to uh, get up off the mat. Mm. And uh, not sure that's really an option. I uh, would suggest getting out of the sewer first. <laughs> Not a bad idea, but of course, Karl Rove is um, very comfortable there in the sewer. And of course, he's embroiled in the Gonzalez uh, exactly. saga that uh, continues as we uh, speak. And another uh, high-ranking uh, Justice Department uh, White House slash official uh, who's been subpoenaed has uh, already announced that she's going to be taking the fifth. Uh, in her upcoming testimony, and in fact, I think Karl Rove, it was announced today, will be testifying before Congress himself uh, in mid-April. I think I heard April 17th, so. So he can't dodge that bullet. 
He may have to come out of that clamshell that he seems to exist in. And, of course, uh, George Bush loyally supporting uh, his lapdog attorney general. Uh, This attorney general problem, I think, unfortunately, has uh, gone back many years uh, here in America. I think that there were some presidents that did have legitimately semi-independent attorney generals. Uh, Gerald Ford and... uh, Bill Clinton actually come to mind in that department. Griffin Bell was sort of marginally close to Carter, but the worst of all, of course, were, you know, nepotism with the Kennedys, um, Richard Nixon using his close friend John Mitchell. Who actually ran his reelection campaign. Yeah, so resigned, and then Kleindietz took over, and he was eventually forced to resign as his, in his own uh, Watergate of course, quagmire. Who, who could top Ed Meese yeah. for... Uh, Incompetent scumbag. And, of course, before Ed Meese, uh, Reagan had William French Smith, who, um, if you go back and you check the history of the Reagan uh, biography, uh, he was a long crony of Reagan's Hollywood uh, days and MCA and the Louis Wasserman, Sidney Korshak entourage of sort of corporate crooks out there that were able to use, uh, interestingly, Teamster money to uh, promote Ronald Reagan as a man of the people. It's amazing corruption. But uh, uh, Gonzalez is obviously in place uh, to do Bush's bidding uh, bidding and uh, protect Bush from all sorts of things. Uh, Let's remember Gonzalez was was appointed to every position he's ever held by Bush. Yeah, and let's remember that he's the architect of the torture uh, policy, the legal architect of the torture policy. I'm sure that that idea ultimately uh, emanated somewhere from between George Bush's brains and Dick Cheney's bowels. (laughs) Yeah, my favorite piece of language there is that the, uh, the current situation renders the Geneva Convention quaint. Yeah. Very exquisite language for uh, ultimate malfeasance. I mean, this is, I mean, if you want to talk about uh, a pretty much universally respected uh, and and very moralistic uh, principle, the Geneva Conventions, you know, fair treatment of prisoners in war, to, to deem it quaint is uh, an insult to the very concept of international law and, and rule of law itself. So... Gonzalez probably will be stepping down. I don't think he'll see the end of the Bush term, whether he steps down or is uh, booted or what. But uh, I I think it's the beginning of the end for him. Yeah, although I think knowing Bush's uh, whole (laughs) history, he's going to stick by him no matter what. Let's remember he stuck by Rumsfeld for many years uh, after there were calls for his resignation. And I'm not too sure legally what grounds... uh, Bush ultimately has, but it's fascinating, of course, that Fred Fielding, who ironically was part of the 9-11 Commission, one of the Republican representatives of the 9-11 Commission, the official 9-11 Commission, the so-called Hamilton-Baker entourage, um, had a role in the Nixon White House. He's an expert at uh, fighting subpoenas and asserting executive privilege. and how these uh, executive privilege uh, things actually apply in this case escapes me. Um, it's clear that the, you know, a couple of these uh, 
U.S. attorneys that were fired uh, were clearly fired for political reasons. That in and of itself is probably not a crime, but there appears to be some outright interference in some cases. The San Diego attorney, and I remember that her name I think is Lamb, of course got into trouble because she was pursuing um, Congressman uh, Duke Cunningham, uh, Dukey. Jack Abramoff was connected to another CIA crony named Dusty Fogo. What a great name. <laughs> I think you could write a movie starring Dusty Fogo. The saga of Dusty Fogo. <laughs> Number three at the CIA. What a name. But uh, it was her operations in San Diego that seemed to actually draw the ire of the White House. And then, of course, there's this interference, this political interference that's actually implicated Pete Domenici, a senator from New Mexico, as well as well as Heather Wilson. So I think that the scandal is not going away, and the public needs to know more. Inquiring minds want to know. I guess if there's any uh, good news for the Bush team out of it is that it, it may in some cases displace the bad news from Iraq from front pages, but that's probably small consolation. Uh Kind of, a, I'm not sure uh, towards whom to direct this brain damage award. Probably Michael Chertoff. But uh, I actually dropped uh, 75 cents to buy this issue of the USA Toady, a paper I uh, loathe and despise, uh, but occasionally read. In some places, when you're overseas, for example, it's the only English language paper that's readily available, although the Financial Times is really one of the better papers uh, in English. Worldwide. Well, it looked like a website before websites existed. That's kind of true, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it really is set up that way. It's a, it's a dumbed-down newspaper. Um, it's like a children's menu, mm-hmm. um, sort of. Um, but there small was small portions. <laughs> <laughs> small portions of news for... We don't want to confuse the American people. Anyway, <clears throat> this article um, was so bizarre, uh, it really drew my attention. And this is an extremely brain-damaged concept i got to read a little bit of this article. Drones could defend airports. Anti-missile system to be tested in USA. Have you heard about this? Mm, This is bizarre. Is this Alaska? No, this is going to happen in Washington, D.C. The Homeland Security Department and the military this summer will test whether drones flying 65,000 feet above the nation's busiest airports could be used to protect planes from being shot down by terrorists with shoulder-fired missiles. Okay, number of planes attacked by shoulder-fired missiles in this country, zero. Mm -hmm. Dubbed Project Chloe after a character on Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff's favorite TV show, 24. Already a little bizarre. Yeah. The anti-missile strategy is the latest to be explored by government leaders looking to thwart potential missile threats at commercial airports. Other methods are being considered, but Homeland Security officials say they may be too costly. The drones to be tested over the Patuxent River Naval Air Station outside Washington would be outfitted with missile warning systems and possibly anti-missile lasers that could send plane-bound missiles veering off course. Which raises the question, where will these missiles end up? Probably in homes and nearby shopping centers. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, of course, since no one has yet attacked a uh, flight, commercial, military, or otherwise... 
with a shoulder-fired missile in this country. Uh, one supposes that the military will have to engage in these tests themselves and therefore actually try to shoot a shoulder-fired missile at a plane. Well, Gordon Liddy and Oliver North, I'm sure, are up to the job. <laughs> I think they're probably already on the volunteer list. An unmanned plane's warning indicators could pick up the ultraviolet plume from a missile rocket's booster and trigger an anti-missile laser, which could be shot from the drone or from a site on the ground. The tests will allow four years of research on anti-missile laser systems that could be mounted on the bellies of planes for one million or more per plane. Unfortunately, these systems break down after three to four hundred hours of use, a failure rate that's problematic for commercial use. So the struggling airline industry, get ready to uh, suck this one up. Um, one million dollars per plane. And I'm sure that either Halliburton or Blackwater are involved in the contract. Oh, they're well positioned to be sure. Uh, Representative Steve Israel, Democrat of New York, says the government should share the cost of installation and maintenance of the more expensive systems with the airline industry because he wants things to, you know, he wants to help out the airline industry. But this quote is amazingly blind. Uh, quote, it's been four years of trying to figure out how to get this cheaper, he says, but it's just a matter of time before a shoulder-fired missile becomes the biggest blow to our economy. What the hell is he talking about? It's just a no matter idea. of time before the Iraq war completely bankrupts our country. Uh, the odds are that a drone so, so equipped is more likely to accidentally shoot down a commercial flight or uh, a cargo flight. What a ludicrous concept. There have been no such attacks. There, there are not likely to be any attacks. Yes, shoulder-fired missile systems are cheap and readily available, but that's partly because we manufacture so many of them, and we foster a world uh, situation where such a product is desirable and in high demand. Um, and we sold so many that are unaccounted for from the exactly. 1980s it's, Afghan experience, right. uh, one of our so-called victories in the Cold War. It's hard to imagine a more ludicrous uh, approach to homeland security uh, naming it after a character on 24 just kind of ices the cake with absurdity. Yeah, and maybe they ought to work on a drone that can dole out uh, subprime loans to prospective home buyers. That might be a more useful stimulus to the American economy. <laughs> it was uh, very interesting to read about the fact that the, and I read this in the business section, and I mentioned this, of course, uh, because of my... Uh, fondness for the movie 2001, but it's great to realize that many of the subprime loans that have been administered over the past several years are the result of software developed by a company uh, that I won't go into, but it turns out that um, Arc uh, Systems is the company, and uh, over the past, uh, it says since 1999, and I'm reading here from a uh, business article in the New York Times by Linnelly Browning. So since 1999, uh, Mr. Jones's software has been used to produce $450 billion in subprime loans. Called automated underwriting, it has replaced the ways we used to extend credit, according to uh, Professor Nicholas uh, Retta. Sanis, director of the Joint Center for Housing Studies, uh, he actually recommended that people det determine uh, for sure whether or not 
um, income was there. Instead, the new system, the uh, reporter writes, the old way of processing mortgages involved a loan officer or a broker collecting reams of income statements and ordering credit histories, typically, uh, typically over several weeks. By retrieving real-time credit reports online and then using algorithms that gauges the risks of default, Mr. Jones's software allowed subprime lenders like First Franklin to grow at warp speed. The, the subprime uh, you know, loan problems in the housing market are now being well documented. There's massive defaults occurring around uh, various states. In fact, uh, the state of Ohio just recently passed a, a bill involving a billion dollars of, of uh, bonds that they're going to float to bail out people that are in these mortgages, these questionable mortgages that have apparently been given out by computers. <laughs> Hal? The problem is always accountable to human error, Dave. <laughs> yes. Hal, I need the loan. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. I don't think I can open the hatch and allow the money out of the bank. This conversation can serve no further purpose. <laughs> Indeed. Wow. And that's, you know, you're hearing all these... Uh, it's a very interesting uh, debate recently between the people that think this is a serious problem for the economy and one that's uh, not so serious, the one that the bigger financial t institutions will be able to bail us out of, or in some cases even uh, worsely conceived, uh, the government. Um, personally, these, these subprime loans... Uh, you know, the, the big problem with them is a lot of people signed up for them unaware that uh, because of variable interest rates, if interest rates went up, their payments were going to go up and they didn't read any of their American history about how the Federal Reserve fights inflation, for instance, or how interest rates do fluctuate, uh, particularly during times of war. Uh, it's interesting if you go back and you check, it's often during times of war where interest rates are forced to go up because the American war machine needs money from abroad and they need to attract money by offering much higher rates than their European or Asian competitors. Um, it's an unfortunate situation, but when uh, I discovered that this appears to be one of the reasons that a bulk of these subprime Loans have actually gone out. Uh, a brand new article, by the way, in The Nation says, uh, as business exploded, last year's subprime loans grew into a $600 billion industry, more than triple the 2002 volume, accounting for one-fifth of all mortgages. Uh, this by Garrett O'Dower in uh, the most recent Nation magazine, dated April 9th. So this is a serious problem uh, with uh, apparently a computer using algorithms in charge. Not a good sign. Now, if only they can get the drones to take over the job. <laughs> uh, quick return to the USA Toady to uh, kind of underscore a uh, portion of uh, the Counterspin program, which aired this afternoon on WCBN and can be heard on Monday afternoons regularly during the uh, 
I think, 2.30 uh, time slot. Uh, one of the features on that program today was about how discreetly placed public relations uh, people uh, are being quoted as environmental experts, experts mm-hmm. with regards to the resuscitation of the nuclear power industry in this country. And in f- this Friday, March 23rd edition of the uh, USA Toady, there is Seems to article. be a stellar edition. It's a stellar edition. It's got everything. It even has news about Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, yeah. Of she... course, making your uh, news day complete as an American citizen. The results are out, and surprise, surprise, accidental drug do- overdose. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> uh, also, uh, there's a little item here about uh, Miss USA returning her somewhat tarnished crown. Uh-oh. So, apparently, uh, we can save that for another program. Um, but uh, it was striking because I had just finished reading this article and circling my little uh, complaints and critiques about it when I happened to be listening and heard this counterspin program, and I said, oh, they just, I just read an example of that. Mm-hmm. This article by William Welch uh, begins by saying, No nukes was once a familiar rallying cry for environmentalists opposed to nuclear power with all its scary risks. With global warming a rising concern, some environmentalists are rethinking nuclear power because it emits zero greenhouse gases. Well, while in fact that may be true, there are, of course, numerous uh, and many, many other problems with nuclear power. But, for example, the first environmentalist that they quote here works for the Pew Center on Global Climate Change, which William Welch tells us is an environmental research and advocacy group. But what he doesn't tell you is that the advocacy that they do is for corporate concerns. They are not really environmentalists per se. They are environmentalists in the hire of corporations. So right from the start, you you know if you're reading carefully that uh, this is pretty much a flawed uh, article here. We are told further down in the article, among the concerns that some foolish people have about nuclear power plants are accidents. Three Mile Island suffered a partial core meltdown that, although the most serious accident for a nuclear plant in the U.S. history, it caused no deaths or injuries. What a relief. Then there was the Chernobyl accident in the Soviet Union in 1986, on which several deaths were blamed directly. Several? (laughs) Can you believe that? (laughs) Hundreds? Thousands? Uh... The verdict is still out on yeah. how many people have suffered long-term health consequences. Wide swaths of, of Europe were affected from this. Uh, cattle were killed. Crops were, were well, polluted. It got into the milk. It got into the water. It got into the produce. Yeah. I mean, all of Eastern Europe took a hit when Chernobyl caught on and fire. And undoubtedly, so. it got into a burger that Dick Cheney ate. <laughs> so several deaths. Not too many. Just several. <laughs> Besides Pew, at least three leading environmental organizations say they are willing to consider nuclear power as part of a long-term solution to global warming. One of these leading experts is a guy named Patrick Moore, who it says here is a founder of Greenpeace who is now co-chairman of the industry-funded Clean and Safe Energy Coalition, industry-funded being your key word there, which advocates for nuclear power. Blah, blah. He says coal-fired power plants pose a greater threat to the environment. He says environmental groups recognize that, even those not yet officially embracing nuclear power. Well, it's important to know, which this article will not tell you, but the counterspin uh, program went into great detail upon, that Patrick Moore, although, yes, he was once 
a uh, mover and a shaker at Greenpeace, is today essentially a paid public relations hack for the nuclear power industry. So his you know, accolades and his uh, former uh, credits as a uh, Greenpeace member are pretty much rendered moot by his, you know, he's in the pocket yeah, and I of think- an industry which deservedly uh, is is under a great deal of scrutiny and has been for years. And I think that, you know, the debate about nuclear power is important because it's at the heart of really of the controversy with Iran uh, at some level. Um, There are, of course, new newer technologies involving nuclear power that are safer. These pebble reactors, for instance, prevent the core meltdown problem that both Chernobyl and Three Mile Island had. And unfortunately, uh, Jimmy Carter bore the brunt of a lot of the, the Three Mile Island problem. Remember the Saturday Night Live skit? Yeah, that was probably <laughs> one of the all-time greatest. The colossal president. And Garrett Morris as the cleaning lady? Yeah, the cleaning lady that had to mop up the water. Um, so the pebble reactors, the te- the technology has improved. It's a question of dealing with the waste, the expense. Um, I know that consumers... Electrical consumers in the state of Illinois pay incredibly high electric bills because of the uh, overwhelming number of nuclear power plants that they have. And America went with water-cooled nuclear power plants that create some of the Chernobyl-like, three-mile island-like problems. In the case of Chernobyl, of course, they had radioactive material just spewing out for weeks on end, and the Soviet military actually had to deal ultimately with that disaster. So to claim that several deaths were involved is ludicrous. The Soviet military uh, has never released how many people actually died dealing with that mop-up job. Gareth Morris, unfortunately, was not available. (laughs) But um, nuclear power should, should be honestly discussed as part of the global warming debate, but certainly uh, calling some of these people environmental experts is uh, a stretch. But that's the way the industry is going to uh, do these things. Uh, out of one side of the mouth, they'll denounce uh, global warming, and on the uh, other side of the mouth, they will use a genuine concern about global warming to promote uh, a hidden agenda. And they need to answer substantive questions about the... <laughs> nuclear power plants that we currently have online, so to speak, and, you know, what, what's their status? How safe are they? What's the situation with the, uh, with the radiation? How's the concrete holding up, et cetera, et cetera? Well, and with the concerns for, you know, apparently we're under great threat to uh, shoulder-fired missiles on uh, commercial flights. Uh, people involved uh, in the plants that are up and running and, and already in existence have on numerous occasions spoken out and said, well, gee, uh, Homeland Security should, you know, put an emphasis on protecting these plants. Uh, you know, if there were to be another 9-11 type attack rather than, say, a shoulder fire missile attack, wouldn't they make uh, likely targets? Um, imagine the uh, devastation and the uh, talk about dirty bombs. Yeah. Um, so there should be a, uh, a close look at the security situation, not only for the plants themselves, but for the waste disposal. Um, how deep can you bury this stuff, and uh, how safe will it be? We've got uh, water table issues here in Ann Arbor uh, area that uh, you know are related to other uh, environmental toxins and chemical byproducts and so forth. Um, so there are a number of serious questions that, as you say, should be openly discussed. 
And um, it's a little after 7 o'clock, and you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. Um, one uh, quick item that I have here that uh, always is interesting. Former Governor Fife Symington of Arizona trotted out an aide dressed as an alien 10 years